this morning, uh, it's been one of those uh, bittersweet moments in mourning. I was excited because of the text that we were going to preach on, but also uh, for a man that I've known for quite some time, a man who for whatever reason, saw that I would be a good fit here. A man that has a wonderful, caring wife that I've grown to know and love. and The two girls, Angie and Sharon, that I've come to know and love and their families as well. It's one of those moments where you have so much that you would like to express so much that you would like to say, but all I can say to this dear family is thank you. Thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for what you've done for the cause of Jesus Christ. And thank you for leaving us in good shape. As I was thinking about what to preach, I came across a passage maybe you're not familiar with, but if you have your Bibles, you're turning to the book of Ezra. You'll find yourself in chapter number three. Ezra, chapter number three. We're going to be looking at verses 10 through 13 this morning. If you had to put a title on this morning's message, a very simple title, It was a sad, glad time. It was a sad, glad time. Background here. We understand that they have been in captivity for over 70 years. They have now been released from the Babylonian captivity. They're making their way back to Israel. By the way, the reason why they were in captivity for seven years is because of disobedience. They forsake the one true living God and followed other gods. We need to be reminded this morning that uh, the same thing can happen to us. We better be careful that we do not get away from worshiping the one true living God whose name is Jehovah God, Elohim, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is the way, the only way, and we will not detract from that because he's the one true living God. And so we see they've come back from captivity. Around 535, if memory serves me correctly, they start to build and laid the foundation for the second temple. The first temple had been destroyed, and nothing left of that. Now they're uh, going to rebuild the temple. Now before I go any further, we need to be reminded today that we are not coming to say that we're rebuilding a new foundation. The foundation has already been laid. 
and the foundation that our pastor has laid for us for 28 and a half years. The reason why we say that foundation is good and it's solid and we're not rebuilding it, we're just going to build upon it because we know that his foundation was laid upon the foundation on the rock, the Jesus Christ. And so with that foundation, we're in good shape. And so he see they come and they've laid the foundation. But notice, it was a mixed bag of emotions on that day, just like it is today. In Ezra chapter 3, starting with verse number 10, this is what the Bible says. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel uh, with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asab, with symbols uh, to praise the Lord after the, uh, after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. So we see uh, they are come to lay the foundation. We have this scene that's, uh, hopefully you could get the visual here. They got trumpets going. They got singers are singing. And uh, there's uh, people that gathered around there. But look at verse number 11 it says and they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good I want you to just say that with me he is good for his mercy endureth forever go ahead and say that with me for his mercy endureth forever can you imagine the scene that's going on they're going around they're saying God is good he is good he's good his mercy endureth forever and the trumpets and the cymbals and the singing together oh I don't know about you but that must have been an awesome sight. Why? Because they were laying the foundation of the new temple. And then he goes on and says, He endureth forever. If I can get my. And he says, And ever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord. Now, uh, let's just stop right here. Uh, we need to understand it's okay to give a little shout every once in a while. See, don't you think uh, that uh, we're shouting not because we want to be heard. We're not shouting because we just kind of got emotional about the deal. We're shouting unto the Lord. Why? Because he is good. His mercy endureth forever. And so they praise the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Verse 12. But many of the priests and the Levites, and the chief of the, of the fathers, who were ancient men. That's just a nice word saying that they were old guys. And I mean, just saying. He says, and they were ancient men, the older men, that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy. Now, here's the scene. The older guys, uh, why are they crying? Because they remember the glory of the first temple. Stay with me here. 
Then the younger ones were shouting with joy. and uh, They were weeping and they were shouting. I mean, it was some kind of a scene there. And, and they were praising God and thanking God. And, and then he goes on into verse number 13. He says, so that the that, that, that the, uh, the, the people could not discern or distinguish the noise of the shout of the joy from the noise of the weeping. I mean, it was just a loud noise. And so there was weeping and there was shouting. There were joyful. Some were sad. And we need to understand today, could it not be that we have the same type of atmosphere? There are some of us who are weeping. Why are we weeping? Well, the first thing we're weeping for is because we remember the past. Today, 28 and a half years, many of you were here from the get-go. You remember when the glory of the Lord fell on this place. Not this place exactly, but over just a little bit. You remember when they had the great Kent revivals where many of you got saved in. You remember that a sanctuary that was filled to the rafters where many of you came down that aisle and gave your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of you remember the heaven's gates and the hell's flames where hundreds would come to give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember the glory days. You remember when God set upon this place and that's a good thing for us to do and we ought to be doing that today. And of all due respect, we know that this man and this woman and this family have been an instrumental part of our past and it's a past that we will never ever forget why because the glory of the God showed in this place I've not been here as much as long as some of you but I remember some of those glory days I remember when we were baptizing every Sunday Sometimes Sunday night, sometimes Wednesday nights. I'm not talking about hitting a mill. I'm talking on a consistent, regular basis. The waters were stirred. And many of your lives were changed and for change for all eternity. And I dare say that you have a tear in your eye and you wept some tears because you remember the past. But notice here, the Bible tells us not only were they uh, remembering the past, for First Chronicles chapter number 5, verse number 13, the Bible says that uh, they would shout, He is good, His mercy endureth forever. And the Bible tells us there in Second Chronicles that the glory of the Lord showed up. Remember those days when God set and we saw thousands, and I'm not just doing preacher talk here, but we've saw thousands come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Now, one of the things I'm just going to head and allude to you is that uh, sometimes Brother Glenn would kind of get upset. I know it's a shock to you. It's something I never knew that. But I remember on Monday mornings when things weren't just going quite right or somebody didn't get baptized or nobody walked the aisle, he was, 
he was a bear to put up with. Matter of fact, I would just go and, and find ways to get out of the office. Because he was upset. Why? Because nobody got saved. Waters weren't stirred. And then there was times when he would get a little perturbed when uh, those would get saved and for whatever reason they thought that they needed to move on. Well, he got a little upset about that and he would uh, uh, say, uh, and I'm not going to go into all what he said uh, because we do have children this morning here. So, but uh, he, would, uh, he, would, uh, he would say, uh, bless God. Oh, I've heard that so many times. <laughs> bless God. If he had a water bottle, bless God. How does wrong with them people? They get saved. We have invested in time them. We got them saved and they move on. And then he would calm down and he would say, at least they're no longer going to hell. And he would settle down until the next moment. We remember those days. We remember those days when we were small, we were growing, but yet word was getting out. And we would hear things like, if I could just get them to heal Chris, I know they'd get saved. We remember the past. Thank God for the past. And that should cause us to weep and that should help us to realize that God has been good to us. But may I remind you, in all due respect, the past is the past. We can no longer sit in the past. I've seen too many churches, I've alluded to it before, I've seen too many churches that sit in their past. Wonderful past, positive past, but they didn't do a blessed thing since that revival in 1954 and now they're dying on the vine. And I don't want this for this church. I know our pastor's heart and I know his family's heart. They don't want us to sit in the past. As glorious as it's been, we cannot sit in the past because we need to realize the present now, may I remind you, it's been uh, 15 years. 15 years since they laid the foundation and not a blessed thing has been done. We're going to see a little bit later on what God, how God intervenes. But here's what we need to recognize, church. We need to recognize, we need to realize that God's doing something today. God is doing something now and God wants to continue to show up and to bless. And so we need to be careful because there's some that are sad, but there's some that are young, the younger ones. Maybe they haven't been in the old sanctuary. Maybe they haven't seen the great tent revivals that we've had. Maybe they didn't see the glory like many of us have seen it before. And maybe they're thinking, okay, uh, our pastor's gone and they have some new ideals. I've already and I'm going to be transparent with you this morning because that's never been done in this church before. We've never just tell you what we thought. We always kind of hit around it, you know, and skirt the issues. I'm kidding. You know I'm kidding. But I've told our deacons and I've told the other leadership here is, God, we need to understand that we need to move forward 
And we need to get a burden and we need to go back and build upon the foundation that's been laid. We need to get back to preaching the Word. We need to get back teaching the Word. We need to get back to soul winning. We need to get back to being involved in a community that's lost and dying and going to hell. And God has told us, oh, it's wonderful past, but you're not in the past. I want to do a new song for you today. Some are worried. Oh my gosh, things are going to change. Oh, I can imagine now, Brother Mike's going to have purple hair. I just want hair. They're, they're going to be bringing in, and he, next thing you know, he's going to have a little stool, and he's going to have dialogue with us. Well, let me go ahead and tell you that ain't happening. It's not going to happen. Now, some things are going to change. We understand that. By the way, we're not going to get another doctor, pastor emeritus, Glenn Denton. We're just not going to get another Glenn Denton. Miss Pat told me, and she'll agree with me, thank God there's only one Glenn Denton. (laughs) He's one of a kind. So don't be expecting we're going to get another Glenn Denton. We're not getting another one. Don't know what man uh, that God has in store for it, but I'm telling you, some things are probably going to be different. But may I remind you, uh, the scripture is quite clear that even though things may change, there are some things that stay the same. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 8 says, He's the same yesterday, today, and He will be the same tomorrow. And, and, and Malachi in chapter 3, verse number 6, the Lord speaking here, He says, I am the Lord. I change not. Rest assured, church, you may see some things different. We may have the, the, the different, uh, might not have uh, the, whatever the case may be. But one thing you can be guaranteed upon, God doesn't change, which means His Word never changes. And as long as we continue to preach from the Bible, the inferred Word of God that does not change, and we do not have to change, one thing will stay the same, and that's the Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God and the teaching of the Word of God and so winning and knocking on doors. That will not change. And thank God for that. Many of you are here today because we didn't change like everybody else changed. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and bash those, but we're not going to have, uh, and our pastors are eluded, we're not going to have fog machines. You know, we're not going to have dancers in the bag. You know, and uh, you know that just ain't going to happen here. I just don't see that happening here. So just go ahead, buckle in. Things will not change. And what will not change is the Word of God. Okay? So we realize, but as I made mention If we continue to sit in our past, this is what's going to happen. Exactly what happened here, the foundation's been laid 15 years later. Nothing else done. They started getting busy building their own houses. They got busy doing other things. And so for 15 years, nothing happened. But we see that God raised up two prophets Now, I understand we do not have prophets 
today. But God will raise up another preacher. I have no doubt about that. So here, God says, hey, 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 y'all need to get to work here. I didn't, I didn't mean, I, you came, you laid the foundation, and remember the ceremony? Man, everybody was happy, everybody was shouting, oh, glory, nothing else done. Church, I know I'm not much, and I know there's far better preachers. I don't understand why I'm the position I'm in today. And I understand I'm not going to be the new pastor. And I'm not a prophet. But until one comes, I'm going to be the best I can be. For the glory of God. And that's true for every one of us. God raised up two mighty prophets. And because he raised up these two mighty prophets, they started to encourage the church. Now, one of the things I found out, I'm not good at a whole lot of things, but I love to be with people. I love to be an encourager. I love, I know this is weird, but I, I love going to the hospitals. I, I love doing that because someone's sick, but because I just feel like I'm in my element. But one of the things that I'm more conscious now of than I've ever been is I want to be an encourager. I want to be an encourager to somebody that uh, they're just not quite there. They're, they're struggling with some things. We have a lot of people in our church. You wouldn't, many of you sit down beside people. You sit in front of people. You sit behind people that you don't realize their whole world is upside down. And they've come to get some encouragement. They're come to say, to hear from God. God is going to say to them, everything's going to be all right. We need all the encouragement. And so he's going to raise us up a preacher. He's going to raise us up one. He raised up one 28 and a half years ago. Think he did pretty good on that one. And he's going to raise another one up. Not going to be the same? No. Some things are going to change? Yes. But some things will stay true. And that's the preaching, teaching, and reaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This church will continue to be the lighthouse into a dark world. I don't care if there's a church on every corner. We're going to go ahead and do what God's told us to do. And we're not going to worry about if it's agreeable, if it's politically correct and all that other stuff that many churches are laying prey to and where they're getting out and say, let's go ahead and make it comfortable for them. Let's go ahead and make it easy for them. The, the Word of God tells us, even the life of Jesus Christ said, living for Him is not easy. There will be some suffering. And if we're preaching the Word of God, there will be some opposition and there will be some confrontations, but that's okay. We're not here to please this community. We're not here to please one another. We're not here to please the association. We're not here to please Southern Baptist Convention. We're here to please God. And that will not change. And thank God for that. So then we see he raised these two prophets up. We see it in Ezra chapter 6. Haggai or Haggai. Different pronunciations there. I've heard it both ways. And Zechariah. That's the two prophets that he raised up. And so here, the last thing that we're going to see 
is that we're going to remember the past. We need to realize the present, but we're going to be reflecting upon His promises. In Haggai chapter 2, starting in verse number 4, the first thing that we see that is preached, Haggai comes to them and gives them a word of the presence of God. He tells them and reminds them in verse number 4, he says to be strong. He's telling us that today. We need to be strong. He says, and we're needing to work. And he says, here's how you can be strong and here's how you can work. I'm with you. That's what the word said. That's what Haggai, the prophet said, God is still with us. Our pastor, yes, he's he's leaving. But God's still here. I don't know about you, church, but in these days that lie ahead for each and every one of us, we need to reflect upon the promise that God has not left nor will he forsake us. God is faithful. Amen. Amen. God is faithful. But then we see in verse number five, he gave the promise. Hey, God gave them a, a promise of peace. He reminds them, he says, remember, he says, remember when my spirit was with you when I brought you out of Egypt? He says, the spirit is still here. Now, I want you to understand today that whatever good comes out of Mike, it's not because Mike's all that great. But anything that's good and anything that's pleasant, anything that's righteous, if it comes out of Mike, it's because the Holy Spirit indwelling me and enabling me to be who I need to be for the Lord Jesus. By the way, that same promise is for every one of you here today. God hasn't left. Elvis might have left the building, but God hasn't left. We might not hear any more Elvis impersonations from our pastor, but God hasn't left. By the way, I didn't think it was all that great anyway. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He was pretty good. Pretty good. Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised our Savior out of the grave is the same Holy Spirit that resides in us. And that's the reason why, church, we're going to be more than conquerors. That's the reason why we're going to have victory in Jesus. It's not because we've got this awesome committee together, and it is an awesome committee. It's not because we have such a great group of deacons. We do have a great group of deacons. It's not because our pastors laid the foundation well for us, uh, and he has. The reason why we're going to be able to go on in the name of the Lord is because the Holy Spirit that indwells us will empower us to do great and wonderful things for his glory, for his honor. But then there's the last thing that we need to see. We see that there was the, the promise of the, His presence. There was the promise of His peace. But then we see it was the promise of His power. Now, as He talks about peace, 
before he moves on to that where he talks about the promise of the power, he says, fear ye not. Fear ye not. Why can we sit here today and we're recognizing our pastor and his family for being here for 28 and a half years? Why can we say we're in good shape? Why can we say that we're going to move forward in Jesus' name? Why can we say that He has a new song for us? Why can we say that we will see the glory of the Lord in this place again? Because He's given us peace. Church, we're going to be all right. Fear ye not. Brother Glenn, Miss Pat, Angie, Sharon, your family's going to be all right. And I know, I understand, I'm looking at things, you know, retirement, and you're thinking, oh, I ain't going to live. I won't be able to live on that. God always provides. And He provides especially those who've been faithful. Our pastor and his family's been faithful. So I can say to them this morning, fear ye not, God's in control. Church, fear ye not, God's in control. But notice here, as we look at the power, and I get a little stirred up on this one. Understand, they're rebuilding the temple now. The prophets are coming. The prophets are preaching. The prophets are encouraging. And they're saying that God's going to be with us. The Spirit's going to be with us. And then in verse number 5, in verse number 6, he says, and he describes the power. Here the Lord says, and, uh, and gave a promise. It says, in while and a little while. Key verse there. Look at verse number 6 there. In Haggai chapter 2. He says, and let in a little while. Church, it's just going to be a little while. Now your little while might not match up with God's little while. Because your plans and your thoughts are not like his. My plans and my thoughts are not like his. But he's telling us today, oh, in a little while, I'm going to take care of it. In a little while. Church, that's the blessed hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Harlan, if I'm not mistaken, he's here with us today. And I'll say to him, and there's others who have gone through the same situation that he's going through. Miss Virginia was a believer. She got stronger in her witnessing in the days that were coming to a close for her. Brother John and I talked about that. And here's what we talked about. One day, one day, we'll be united church just a little while he's going to make it all right it could be that maybe it's going to be in a little while and he's just going to go ahead and take us all home and the search committee says please come Lord Jesus (laughs) oh I don't have to worry about it no more but that's our blessed hope but if, he, but if he chooses to wait a little while, we're still going to be okay. Because he's promised us 
that he will show himself strong. Look how verse number six. It says, in a little while, this is the Lord talking. He says, I'm going to shake heaven. I'm going to shake earth. I'm going to shake the sea. I'm going to shake the dry land. I'm telling you, there's days that we used to see and have seen in the past where God shook this place. He shook people out of complacency. He shook people that were on their way to hell and now they're bound for heaven. I'm telling you, the day is coming that he's going to shake this place again. And I don't know about you, but I want to do everything I can to be able to say, Lord, I've done everything I can and thank you, Lord Jesus, because he wants to shake us. Now's not the time to sit back. Now's not the time to say, let's just hold this thing together. Now's the time to say, we're going on pressing towards the high calling of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Folks, we got everything that we need. We have all the resources we need. We don't need to go and get and say, well, we got to have this and got to have that. Now, in due time, I know I'm not talking about more staff. I'm, I'm not talking about all that. What I'm talking about is God has put this church together, and when God puts the church together, He gives it all the resources that it needs to go ahead and prosper and to be an impact upon a lost and dying community. And so here's what we need to be. Here's what we need to be praying. Lord, shake us. Whatever it takes, shake us. I want to see your glory. I want to see you move like you've never moved before. Lord, there's people in my family that need to be shook. There's people in my Sunday school class that need to be shook. There's people in this room here today that need to be shaken for the cause of Jesus Christ. And I got good news for you. God's not done with us and God's going to do mighty works, but we need to do our part. We need to do our part. I'm closing. Sunday school, we talked about, we talked about women today. And I told them I was going to count how many women were in class. And I have a lesson prepared. But if the women are outnumbering the men, I have a different lesson. <laughs> Say, you chicken hearted. Yeah, I am. But we was talking about women, and of course that involved to the family. Talked about our society. Talked about how it seems like we're losing ground every day. And it seems like that. It seems like that. Some of you, you've been looking around, you're thinking, man, we're losing some ground. We're losing some ground. No, we're not losing ground. Because we're on a firm foundation. What our problem is, is that we haven't been shaken to realize that God can use me. You in the balcony, God can use you. Teenagers, God can use you. Children, God can use you. God can use me if we're willing to be used. Now's the time to do that. Now, understand what I'm fixing to say. We've done things and we're going to have even more. 
where we're going to show our appreciation. We're going to honor our pastor, his family, rightfully so. Should be doing that. But we also, I think, and I'm not speaking for him, but I know his heart. The greatest honor that we could bestow upon this man and this woman and his family is by getting out there and doing what we're supposed to be doing. That would be a great honor to this man. Folks, God's not done. We'll have our time of remembrance, rightfully so. But now's the time to roll our sleeves up and get to work for the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.